devil been thinking I lost. No, Jesus drip, I got the sauce. Whoa, send the hate flying, no cross. Boom, move it to the side like a slide. Show, feel like I'm David, my goals like a liar. Spreading the word and I'll never retire. Following God cause the devil's a liar. Up in the clouds and nowhere near the fire. Hello and welcome to Quarantine. Um, we'll kind of introduce us first and we'll kind of tell you why we're here. So my name is Athena Getze. I'm a youth minister at St. Joseph Mommy Parish. Um, I've been doing that for almost four years. I'm a mom of two boys um, and I just really, I love Jesus and I love bringing teens closer to Christ. My name is Father David Kidd. I'm the priest leader at Central Catholic High School as well as a pastor of St. Joseph Parish in downtown Toledo. And I'm here because Athena asked me to be here and because I want to be here and talk with Beautiful. all of you about the faith. <laughs> My name is Lauren Strauss, and I'm the youth minister at St. Rose Parish. I'm originally from Cleveland, and um, I started this job in November, so I'm pretty new to ministry, but I'm really excited to work with both of you guys. Here on Quarantine, uh, we have noticed as youth ministers that a lot of um, the information or the resources for Catholic teens... Um, one isn't always at your fingertips. Sometimes it's you have to kind of go through like your teacher or your pastor or your youth minister. So we wanted to offer something that is like for you guys whenever you want it. Um, two, things get cheesy for teenagers that are Catholic. I don't know why. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. But I like, like cheese though. It's cheese is good, but like, <laughs> but when it comes to teens, I just I don't know. I feel like everything gets so cheesy, and then. You kind of turn off to it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I know when I was a teen, it kind of like pushed me away a little bit because I didn't yeah. want the cheese. I like agree. I wanted the actual meat of the meal. Um, so we're hoping that at quarantine, that's kind of what you're going to get. Like we're going to have fun. It's going to be great. But we want you guys to know that um, we see you for who you are. Uh, we all of us, we work with teens every day. So we know where you're at um, for the most part. And we want to meet you there. We don't want this to be something where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is another one of those stupid things. <laughs> um, so we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about the serious stuff. We're going to talk about the faith in a way that hopefully um, you understand without it being super cringy. Okay. And then our third huge thing was sometimes Toledo doesn't get the credit that it deserves. Um, so... I know when I was a teenager, I always looked out to see like what other teens were doing in other areas, whether that be at um, a Steubenville conference or even like pairing up with a youth group from a different place in Ohio. I got to meet all these cool teens and I was like, this is so neat. Um, but I never got to know teens outside of my parish that were here in my area that I could meet up with that were doing cool things. Um, so we kind of wanted to introduce that portion to you too that Toledo, Ohio, we are blessed with beautiful Catholic people, whether those be adults, teenagers, children, and they're doing really cool things. So we just want you guys to see that and to know that like where, where you are right now in Toledo is full of really, really awesome people. So I wanted to start first by um, introducing Awaken Nation. So we're here today with Awaken Catholic, which is so awesome. We're so glad to be here. Um, and Awaken Nation is what makes Awaken Catholic happen. So if you're interested in donating, you can go to awakencatholic.org slash donate. Um, teens, that's you too. 
this could just replaces like a cup of coffee for you. And I know you guys all get coffee all the time. Expensive coffee. Um, yeah, very expensive coffee. <laughs> so super easy. You can do a one-time donation or a monthly donation, and we would love your support. We're also brought to you by the Hollow app. So if you um, have never done a Catholic meditation, this is really, really awesome. You can just uh, go to hollow.app slash awaken, and you get a free month subscription. You can use this in the car, right? So if you have like you're a teen that gets angry at other drivers, here's a really good way to kind of like settle yourself and pray while you're driving. So today we're going to start with like our main goal, which is the cut the crap, right? We don't want the cheese. We want the meat. Um, Except so, if you get the cheese and the meat, it's really good. <laughs> and we have Father Kid here to bring you the cheese with the meat. <laughs> um, so today, um, like this past week, we've got kind of gotten some very disturbing news. Um and it's hard to process. So we kind of want to be here to help you process that. Um, so Father Kid, do you kind of want to explain what sure. what we found out? Yeah, definitely. This week uh, on Tuesday, one of the priests of our diocese, uh, Father Michael Zacharias, um, was arrested by the Federal Bureau of Investigation um, uniquely for crimes of sex trafficking and human sex, sex trafficking. Um, uh, the accusations and charges are both for um, those that would be minors as well as adults. So needs to say it was awful. Um, It was pretty horrendous. Um, And I think the word, the best use of the word was diabolical because it's anything but what we expect um, and desire from our priests. And it hurts. It rips at the heart, I think, of what truly the priest is, right? Which is to stand in the person of Jesus Christ um, and to remind people the love of God. I think it just like for so many us that have heard all these news over the past many years of different um, scandals and things within the church, as well as um, those who we hold up to a high standard, priests and bishops, and when um, they do anything but live up to the image and the love of God in the world, it really hurts the church and it hurts the people to which they are to serve. Um, so it was shocking to all of us, definitely shocking to diocese. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was so grateful, Bishop Thomas speaking out so quickly um, about this and uh, definitely something we don't want to see. And of course, we want to pray, right? Got to pray for Father Michael Zacharias, pray for those victims, and also too for the parish family there um, in Finley St. Michael's, as well as throughout the rest of the Diocese of Toledo. Yeah, so I know for me, um, St. Michael's is where I was baptized, so it holds a special place in my heart. And I still have family there, so I know that, you know, I've spoken with parishioners right now, and this is a hard time. Um, but I think it is a reminder of how the the devil works, how evil's still around. I think, um, especially as a teen, as you're growing, you're growing up like parents don't always talk about, and the church doesn't always talk about like evil, like face front evil that you are going to come in contact with, and it comes, it kind of seeps into you know social media, all that stuff that you get, like we're exposing ourselves to. But I think that this um, this news with Father Zacharias is is a reminder. That even in our beautiful walls of the church, um, where you know we're striving very, very hard to be close to Christ, that evil exists and it's it's right there. Um, but I think the other beautiful part is that even though evil's still still there, even in our churches, um, that Jesus overcomes always. And I think that's such a good reminder when this kind of stuff happens. Is that um, you know, I I used to be a core team member, so a leader at the youth group at St. Catherine's. 
and um, they would have been in the same class as one of the victims. And so some of those students have started posting on Facebook and um, and they have every right to be angry. But some of the some of the comments were kind of like digs at the Catholic Church. And for me, it's really hard because the Catholic Church to an outsider or someone who um, isn't very familiar with it or with her is is just like a building. And then it's the priests that are supposed to represent that, which is true. But just because a priest represents something doesn't mean that the priest is the church. Um, and I think it's it's a really good reminder that we have really holy, um, wonderful priests in our diocese. And that just because one had horrible, horrible sins um, doesn't mean that the rest of the work that they're doing is bad. It doesn't mean that we then have to think of every priest in that way. Um, I've seen that too of comments of people saying, well, this priest made me uncomfortable on this one, and that's why I didn't do this. It, it's just like if you had a bad teacher or um, you know, a, even a bad family member. It doesn't ruin. Just because grandma might be a little bit crazy doesn't mean that your mom's a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> Sometimes, well, maybe. sometimes, <laughs> but um, it, it almost becomes a stereotype. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, cool and the work that the Catholic church is doing already is already so hard and priests already have it so hard. Um, Father Kidd and I actually have that conversation that what he does on a daily basis is already difficult. And then when news like this comes out, um, it makes their job harder, rightfully so, because we, sh- we should be a little bit worried and, and question it a little bit. Um, but I think it's just a good reminder that priests are still needed. I know the first thing that I did when I heard the news, I was actually sitting next to um, our pastor, Father Eric, and the first thing that I did was one, check on him, but two, look to him, right? Like he went straight into um, our church to go pray. And for me, that was such a, a beautiful reminder that Christ is still here. He's still needed. The priests are still needed. Um, and the church is still needed. That's well put. And I think too, you know, it's, you know, masses still need to be said, confessions still need to be heard, and the work of Christ and the work of the church continues even in the midst of sin. Someone said to me yesterday, they said, you know, well, you know, we were sitting during church, we were sitting, you know, where the sinners are, all the way in the back. And I said, you mean anywhere and everywhere in the church, including in the sanctuary, are where the sinners are? Mm-hmm. Um, and you think, you know, often we have that idea of, you know, the church is where the perfect are. <laughs> And it's not, it's where the imperfect go to be made perfect by God's grace. And so it's not something so much we do, we cooperate, participate in that gift of grace that we receive in sacraments. And that's why we go, right? That's why we have that gift um, to be able to go and receive uh, the grace of God in the sacraments of the church. And we all need that uh, uniquely, especially um, those who are called to serve at the altar of the Lord, um, because we know the example that all of us need. And I continually always am impressed by um, families and friends who continue to live out their vocations, um, whether it be in single life or priesthood, uh, you know, uniquely in married life, um, husband, wife. And it inspires me to be a better priest, um, seeing their example and knowing that we do all of this through and with Christ. Yeah, I think another reason why we wanted to bring up that a lot of people seems like tend to want to avoid this conversation. Want to talk about especially this. with teenagers yeah, especially with teenagers yeah awkward um, <laughs> people just you know they just don't want to have this awkward conversation and they just don't want to feel uncomfortable about it with other people um but i think it's really really important that we do talk about it 
um, just because it affects us all. One of my favorite quotes, and I actually saw it on a t-shirt at Steubenville one year when I was a high schooler, but it will never leave my mind, is that um, the church is not a museum for the saints, but it's a hospital for the sick. Um, and I think, you know, honestly, Father Zacharias is a beautiful example of that. Um, he leaned into the church uh, and to Christ and kind of hung on to that uh, while still, you know, sinning in the most horrible way. Um, but again, it just shows that, that the Catholic Church is needed no matter where you're at in your life. And um, it's not a fun thing to talk about. But like Lauren said, it's it's very, very important. And we want to be crystal clear with you guys and treat you um, treat you with respect. And I think to do that is to have these conversations and um, to talk about the ugly and the, bring the truth into light in that. Right. And I think, too, you know, it doesn't undermine any of the good that Father yeah. Mike did do. Mm-hmm. I think right. that's important, right? And it's either like, you know, these good people were here and these bad people were here. It's like a lot of you know, people that are doing great things, but also not so good things. And I don't think that undermines the the good that has been done, but it does complicate it, doesn't it? It makes it like, well, it's like often when we say when someone's lying, right? It's like, you said this, and then you did this. And it's like, wait a second, which one is it? And I think that's where it's then confusing, right? We're trying to look to people for advice and for clarity and for truth. Um, and But we, I think if we look at ourselves too, we recognize there are times where we fall short of yeah, I think it's it's an important reminder too that um, Father Mike is still a person. He is still a person of God, and although he he you know did horrible things, you're not defined by your sin. Um, I think that's a really good reminder too, because I know as a teen, like when when I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do, I didn't feel comfortable talking about it or going to confession because um, that's un- that's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. It's uncomfortable to admit that you're wrong. Um, but I think it's a good reminder to know that, like, you you are not your sin. So Father Mike, um, he he did horrible things, but that doesn't always, that doesn't make him, like, a horrible, horrible person. It just means that he's fallen away from God. Um, and like Father Kidd said, it's very, very important to pray um, for him and his family. And I know we want to jump to the victims, which is so important, um, but we also need him to heal. We need him to heal um, so that this doesn't happen again. And whatever that looks like for him, um, we just pray that he gets that. Definitely. And you think, too, you know, if those priests that have done awful things and hurt, um, whether it be minors or adults, um, you know, too, it's like, okay, so what happens after we've tossed them out? <laughs> right? Like, all right, get them all over here. Often we just put them in a corner. It's like, who's going to go help them now? Yeah. Right? Because that would be the same for any of us, right? And we got hurt, or we something bad happened, we did something. Who's going to help that next person? And that, that does require, I think, a different view. Yeah. It requires an understanding heart and a recognition that God continues to work. So um, not every episode that we have of this is going to be covering, like, this super kind of dark, heavy stuff. Very heavy. Um, because, one, that's not fun to always listen to. And, two... Um, there's some, there's some beauty in the Catholic church that we want to uncover with you guys. Um, but we just, you know, we wanted to cut the crap. We wanted to, you guys to hear from us as, um, you know, different roles in the Catholic church that we're dealing with this. We see you, we know, even if you haven't voiced it, that you're hurting because we're hurting. Um, and that, you know, we're here to journey with you. 
Um, so definitely reach out, reach out to your pastors, even if it's not to check on them, reach out to have that conversation. Um, because I promise you that they're more than willing to, to sit down with you and just talk about, um, these past events and what we can do to move forward as a Catholic church. We hope that you guys enjoyed, um, spending some time with us and hearing from us. We can't wait to continue this, um, quarantine series and just kind of a, a reminder that we are coming at you from Awaken Catholic, and you can be a part of this awesome movement by going to awakencatholic.org slash donate and join the Awaken Nation, which is just donations. Super easy. You can do it online, right? We do everything online now. Give up your coffee once and um, make a donation. And then the Hollow app. So if you don't meditate with the Catholic Church, it's a beautiful thing to do. Go outside your comfort zone. Um, I know a lot of teens don't spend time in silence meditating anymore. I know I don't always do it. Um, so go to hollow.app slash awaken and try it for a month and see what you think. Um, you well, might just like it. That's Yeah, you might, you might love it. Who might would have great. thought? Um, so thank you guys for spending time with us. Um, thank you, Lauren and Father Kid, for being here. And we are looking forward to coming back. See you guys later. See you next time. See ya. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org/donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.